Hello and welcome to episode 533 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva, and free agency is nearly upon us. Yes, the time of year donkey teams will wreck their salary cap by paying for past performance in a different system. It's almost here. It starts next week. Evan, how's it going today? Going well. Uh, we're recording this on Monday morning. March 6th, and uh, the free agent tracker, the full list of, of free agents will be posted on the website very, very soon. And then um, by midweek, I'll have up a, a top 100 with a blurb on each notable guy. Free agency officially starts March 15th. And so on today's show, we're going to do a little free agency preview, our best at each skill position, our best free agent at each skill position, candidates get overpaid, and a sleeper. As Evan mentioned, his free agency uh, tracker will be up on the site while you're listening to this. Before we get into it here today, best ball season never, ever stops. Friends at Underdog have launched the big board million-dollar tournament for the 2023 fantasy football season. Best ball does include rookies. Our rankings for that are up. Also, our rankings for rookies and sophomore-only drafts on Underdog are up as well. You can download our rankings and upload them directly to Underdog. Give yourself a nice baseline to draft off of if you don't have an underdog account yet promo code etr at underdogfantasy.com for a hundred dollar matching sign up bonus that's promo code etr at underdogfantasy.com all right let's start the quarterback position i think the best and we're going to have it go over our best at each of the four positions here i think the best is clearly lamar jackson this lamar jackson saga is completely ridiculous evan i mean they've been negotiating mm -hmm. this for two years Two years. Guaranteed money is the sticking point. Now, you remember that Deshaun Watson got a $230 million contract from the Browns in the midst of all the off-field stuff. The crazy part about that, though, is not the $230 million. That, that is what it is. $230 million out of that $230 million in Deshaun Watson's contract was fully guaranteed. That has led to guys like Lamar Jackson refusing to accept anything less. And honestly, I don't blame Lamar. I'd rather have Lamar than Deshaun Watson. I think I'm not sure what Evan thinks, but I'd rather have Lamar Absolutely. than Deshaun Watson. And so for Deshaun Watson to get 230 million guaranteed, Lamar wants that much guaranteed. He wants the full amount guaranteed also, but the Ravens are saying absolutely not. And so they've been going back and forth on this for two years. It has been very, very messy. We are reaching a tipping point here where they have to either franchise him or non-exclusive franchise tag him. If they non-exclusive franchise tag him, other teams can sign him to an offer sheet. Ravens have a chance to match. If the Ravens decide not to match, they would get two first-round picks. The offering team gets and pays Lamar. This guy's only 26 years old, has been the MVP of the National Football League. Evan, I assume that Lamar Jackson is your best free agent quarterback, yeah. obviously. What do you think about how the Ravens should be handling this or how they will handle this? Yeah, it's Lamar Jackson. He's on, on in his own tier. I mean, yeah, yeah he's clearly the the number one well the number one overall free agent in in, in all of the nfl yes um because it's really hard to find a franchise quarterback like that that beco becomes available and it, if they go with the non-exclusive franchise tag then lamar jackson is going to be available he's going to have a, a buzzy market um half the half the nfl needs a quarterback right now um and you know he's one of the best 10 quarterbacks easily i think in the league He's been a little inconsistent as a passer, but I mean, he's shown he led the NFL in passing touchdowns in a particular year. Um, I think he's 
got the ability to throw the ball downfield. He's again, he's inconsistent. But he, I mean, he can run for a thousand yards in any given year. Like this is a guy you and, and, and he's I think he's a good guy on and off the field, respected as a leader. He has such a great relationship with John Harbaugh and his coaches in Baltimore. That's why it's and and after especially after they hired Todd Monken, which I thought was one of the better coordinator hires of the offseason. I selfishly want to see Lamar Jackson return to Baltimore, but it seems like there's a distinct possibility that he might not. Yeah. I, I think the Ravens would be crazy to let him go. Um, you know, I'm not sure the two first round picks is enough, but you know, it's tough. And one thing I'd say when you're valuing Lamar as a passer, they have had woeful wide receiver cores. I mean, I get that Marquise Brown, played reasonably for them at points. I get that Rashad Bateman was reasonable before he got hurt, but they have not had like a robust receiving core. And I understand Mark Andrews is part of that too. They have not had a robust receiving core for Lamar, for Lamar Jackson whatsoever. So we'll see how it plays out. Anyways, Lamar Jackson, both of our best free agent at the quarterback position. Let's go to candidate to get overpaid. Mine is going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I don't know exactly what the market's going to be for Jimmy Garoppolo. Obviously he's had a bunch of season ending injuries, He's 31 years old, certainly not too old. I just think that Jimmy Garoppolo wins in like a Kyle Shanahan setup where he's not asked to do a lot, where he's asked to do like what Brock Purdy was asked to do. And to me, some other team's going to see that and be like, oh, I can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. If you put it on Jimmy Garoppolo to win instead of having him part of a system to win, I think you're going to be pretty disappointed in what you get out of Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think he's a candidate to get overpaid in free agency. Evan, who's your quarterback candidate to get overpaid? Yeah, I think that the market could dictate that Jimmy Garoppolo gets overpaid because of the quarterback neediness around the league and because he's like the number four guy on the list. Yeah. And once the first three guys sign or, or you know, are acquired or whatever, then, you know, a team is going to get desperate and he's, you know, a sellable guy to uh, an ownership group. Um, you know, he's a good looking guy. There's no, you know, character issues, um, you know, and he's had a lot of success. Like they could take, you know, when the court like owner ownership get, gets involved with quarterback transactions and um, they could go. Like he's got had an awesome record in San Francisco, like win loss record. And, you know, an ownership group could be, um, you know, taken by that for sure. So I, I like that one. I'm going with Derek Carr and Daniel Jones. The numbers that we've heard circulating regarding Daniel Jones, like 40, $45 million a year. And reputable reporters are, are saying that, um, that that's what it's going to cost. That might end up costing them Saquon Barkley. We'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the RBs. Um, but yeah, I think Daniel Jones could get overpaid. And I, look, and I, I like Daniel Jones. I mean, I think he's on an upward trajectory. That's just an awful lot of money for a guy who's, I mean, has limitations. Yeah. Uh, and then Derek Carr, who we just just signed with the Saints this morning that we're doing this podcast. We've only seen the years on his deal, four years. We haven't seen the money. I bet it's going to be four years and $160 million at minimum. Yeah. And to me, he's just a very, very average quarterback. Yeah. I mean, his was he was re reportedly seeking $35 million a year. Okay. So I think it's going to be at least at least that. Um, yeah, the only thing that I would say on, on Daniel Jones, and I mentioned on the last podcast that we did too, you get into a spot and if you think Daniel Jones is mediocre and I would, you know, all jokes about Daniel Jones side in real life, I think he's pretty mediocre. You get yourself into a spot where you have to pay a mediocre quarterback 40 million. It, it's, it's tough. 
right? And that's like, goes back to the Anthony Richardson argument for me, you want to try to hit ceilings at the quarterback position, not hit like a 50th percentile outcome. So yeah, sleeper for me at the quarterback position, can't really call it a sleeper after what he did last year, but man, Geno Smith, I don't think people realize how good Geno Smith was last year. And and I actually uh, would have Geno Smith second on my list among free agents. I, I'd have Geno Smith slightly ahead of Daniel Jones and Derek Carr. I just think Geno Smith, what he did last year, so accurate. I mean, really had command of the offense. They let him cook more than they let Russ Wilson ever cook. And so, yeah, I don't think people realize how good Geno was last year. And therefore, I'll call him a sleeper, even though I know he's not a sleeper. And I do think that he's really likely to go back to Seattle. It's, you know, they gave, they resurrected his career. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they want him back too. So I think Geno will be back to Seattle. We'll see what the numbers look like, but something in that 30 million range, I'm sure is, is uh, what Geno will get as well. Evan, who is your sleeper? If you have one at the quarterback position, well, I struggle to find a sleeper. Um, I, th I looked at Jacoby Brissett. I thought Jacoby Brissett did a pretty good job managing the quarterback position until they transitioned to Deshaun Watson. And like Jacoby Brissett was better than Deshaun Watson for the Browns last year. Jacoby Brissett is 30 years old. He's a quality backup. Um, and I, I think he stretches anything more than that, but he can go in there and start four, five, six games and you come out three and three or four and two. And like you're feeling pretty good. Like I think you can get that from Jacoby Brissett. I wound up going with old friend Sam Darnold, however. And, you know, when Sam Darnold went in there last year, like, you know, he just – he teases you, man. You know, you, you get little small samples, little bursts. Like the guy can – he has the skill set to play in the NFL. He, I think he has a starting caliber skill set. He just – I think he came into the league a little bit immature, uh, you know – um, he's still only 25 years old. You know, I think that he's a guy that like when he's 28, 29, he's played for, you know, four or five teams, all of a sudden he's going to have like a Geno Smith type year or like yeah. a Rich Gannon type year. Like, I think that that is within squarely within his range of potential outcomes. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I think that there's an outside chance that he could start for the Panthers in, in 2023. Yeah. And Sam Darnold, like to start, not last season, but the season before that. I mean, he was playing really well for the first month or mm -hmm. two of the season and the wheels completely, completely. Yeah, that, completely and that, that's the story of his career is that yeah. the wheels will come off. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go to running back. I'm going to uh, uh, remove Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs from my consideration. They uh, both expect to get the franchise tag. Tony Pollard officially franchise tag by... The Cowboys just now here on Monday morning, that'll be a one-year $10.09 million deal for Tony Pollard, expecting the same thing from Josh Jacobs. The thing about Saquon Barkley is it's complicated because if they get a long-term deal done with Daniel Jones, I think they're almost certainly going to franchise tag Saquon Barkley. However, if they have to use the franchise tag on Daniel Jones, they cannot use it on Saquon Barkley, which would put Saquon Barkley on the open market. Obviously, then, in that case, Saquon Barkley would be the best running back, I think. Although I've seen people say they prefer Josh Jacobs to Saquon Barkley. I don't see that, but I've seen people say they prefer that. Uh, I prefer Saquon Barkley to Josh Jacobs. He's 26 years old. Freakish, freakish athletic ability. Has been boom or bust, but man, you know, I, I think Saquon clearly to me a cut above Josh Jacobs. But yeah, I'm curious what you think about that and who would you have as your best free agent running back? Yeah, Josh Jacobs actually younger than Saquon Barkley. Josh Jacobs is only 25. Um I think it's neck and neck. I have Saquon Barkley a little bit above 
Josh Jacobs, and then a little, and then those two guys a little bit above Tony Pollard, and then down to Miles Sanders and David Montgomery and Alexander Madison, who we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute. Um, yeah, my my best free agent is, uh, running back is Saquon Barkley. Uh, I I like how efficient he is in the passing game. He never needs to come off the field. Um, I, I thought he ran the ball maybe the best that he has in the NFL when he was healthy this past year. Look, there were moments where you know, it just seemed like there were six defenders around him at all times. And so that, you know, you remember he had that sort of like mid to late season slump and was he running out of gas? He wound up finishing pretty strong. I think he's the best running back on the market, but I do think that Josh Jacobs is pretty close. Let's go to the sleeper at the running back position. I think there's a case can be made for two guys here. I'll go with Alexander Madison, who was stuck behind Dalvin Cook for the first four years of his career. Alexander Madison, though, is still only... 24 years old he's had some awesome games when Dalvin Cook's been out he's had a couple really really poor games but man I don't think there's that big a difference between Alexander Madison and most starting running backs in today's NFL I think you could get him for a reasonable price in free agency and plug him in as the 1a or the 1b in a committee very very quickly and very very productively and so yeah I think the depth of the running back free agent market and the depth of the running back draft market is going to lead to some really depressed prices on some of these guys, you know, and I feel bad for the running backs. You know, their careers are so short. They're risking so much injury and they're like really, really dedicated their life to this. They're really, really good. It's just bottom line is it's just very replaceable. So um, I was there Madison. I think if you had relatively cheaply and I think you can be very productive, he would be my sleeper free agent at running back. Yeah. I really like Alexander Madison. Um, if I owned Alexander Madison in a dynasty league right now, I'd be pretty excited because I think he's going to wind up with a 1A job. I think he's a 1A back. He runs with a lot of physicality. He can break tackles and he can play in the passing game. And that's pretty much all you need. Yeah. You know, he takes care of the football. We've seen him have big games before. He can absolutely handle the load. I mean, he's built to handle the load. The other guy I would go with, um, or I think there are two more interesting guys. One is Deontay Foreman, who – he has limitations. He's got to be in a committee with a, a, a running back who's like better in the passing game. But man, I mean, he's, you know, he's Derrick Henry light. And we've seen that. I mean, he's, he can, you know, he had monster games and he's one of the very few running backs who's recovered from the torn Achilles. It took him a half decade to get there, but he got back there and he had some awesome games this past year. Another guy who had some awesome games this past year and the year before Rashad Penny. He's a free agent. Mm -hmm. um, he's had a lot of injury problems. I mean, really, really bad luck ever since he came out of San Diego State. Uh, but he is a a speed score specimen. Uh, I remember when he was coming out of San Diego State, he was like 225 pounds, you know, had like a, a really, really high speed score, ran really, really well. And then when you see it, when he's been healthy, man, th this dude can really, really run the ball. It's easy to forget that, he was the main back in Seattle for the first, what, four, five, six games last year. And he was hyper productive. And then he got hurt. And then, you know, it was the Kenneth Walker show after that. But, um, I, and I think he's going to be real cheap. I think Rashad Penny will come really, really cheap. He can be your number two back and your starter goes down. Like this dude can give you a lot in the run game. Yeah, the, the obvious connection for Rashad Penny would be Tampa because they just cut Leonard Fournette. Dave Canales uh, knows Rashad Penny from his time there in Seattle. So yeah, maybe they'll take a look there at Rashad Penny. I like both 
of those. I don't think anyone's really going to get overpaid at the running back position. I think that uh, the league has wisened up to some degree. I think a candidate, though, to get overpaid would be Miles Sanders. Is there really that big of a difference between Miles Sanders and, say, Alexander Madison or Deontay Foreman or Rashad Penny or Damian Harris or Devin Singletary? You know, like, I like Miles Sanders. I thought he was awesome for the Eagles last year, but I don't know that I'd be looking to spend a ton of money on him. So I think he's a candidate to me to get overpaid. Any other candidates for you running back position in free agency to get overpaid not really because running backs really don't get overpaid anymore but yeah. the guy that i guess kind of first came to mind would be david montgomery yep and david montgomery is a jack of many trades and not really a master of any of them um you know we've gone we've gone over this like even going back to iowa state like the iowa state the dude like gets caught from behind, you know, he's not really explosive in space. He, again, he, he does everything well, mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, was he even better than Khalil Herbert in Chicago? I don't know, you know, lean. No, you know, and certainly not by any, if it was, it was, it was by a negligible distance. Um, and, but I think that, you know, he's like a, he's a good guy. And, you know, again, he, any coaching staff would feel comfortable having him as their lead back. And therefore, I think he could get a deal, maybe, you know, six, seven million or something a year. And you could get, you know, what's what's Khalil Herbert getting paid, you know, 785000 a year. Yep. All right. This wide receiver free agency class has to be the worst of all time or, or one of the worst of all time. I mean, I mean this is pathetic. I, I think Jacoby Myers is the best wide receiver in the class, but I don't even really like Jacoby Myers that much. I mean, this dude is a former undrafted free agent who I think, you know, played well, but certainly is not a load-bearing wide out. He is a slot type. I Allergic be, to the end zone. He might be the best wide receiver in this free agency class, though, which is absolutely insane. I mean, he's 26 years old. But still, I think he's the best. And I also think he's a candidate to get overpaid. I mean, we're talking about $12 million, $15 million. I've even heard some people say $16 million a year for Jacoby freaking Myers. So I think he could be the best and get overpaid in this class there are some other guys here with bigger names though in this class evan who would you consider the best of this free agent wide receiver class yeah i went with odell beckham um and that's because i think he's like definitely the best it's just we don't know where he is from a health standpoint we don't know where he is from a mindset standpoint i don't think he's going to get a lot of money you remember last year um it seemed like at one point that he like might get signed and spend time with a contender or something that never happened. Mm -hmm. And it turns out like that was because he wasn't where he needed to be from a health standpoint. So I don't know. I, I think he's the most talented receiver in the, in the class, like maybe even by far, but again, I don't, I don't know what he, what he has left. I don't know where he ha is from a health standpoint. I mean, I wasn't surprised he didn't play last year because he tore yeah. his ACL. So he tore his ACL in the right. Super Bowl, which was like, you know, February, whatever. And so it's really hard to come back the following season when you tear your ACL that late in the year. Hopefully Odell is ready to go. I like that one. Certainly if he's healthy for sleeper at the free agency wide receiver class, pretty clearly to me, DJ Chark. And, um, you know, I played DJ Chark a bunch in DFS. I thought DJ Chark was a really good pickup real life for, the Lions last year, he didn't get the ball a ton last year because Jared Goff loves to just keep it short over the middle. But in the right setup, I think DJ Chark could actually have a pretty good impact. We know he already has 1,000-yard season 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars under his belt a few years ago. And so maybe there's a sneaky big market for DJ Chark. I'm not aware of. I don't know. But right now, I haven't heard a lot about him. He'd be a really good steal for some team, you know, at eight, nine, ten million dollars a year, something mm-hmm. like that. I think. What do you think about your favorite sleeper in this wide receiver free yeah. agency class? And DJ Chark finished the season really strong. Um, he's a guy that you know. <laughs> I don't think he's ever going to be like a high volume target commander, but he, he can serve like a lot of uh, like a tactical purpose on the field because the dude could just flat out run and he's tall and he's long and you, you have to account for him because he's got that big play potential at all times. So he's a guy who can kind of like tilt the field a little bit and make your offense better, even if he's only getting four or five targets a game. Um, my sleeper, I have two of them. They're both younger guys who we've seen flashes from. Paris Campbell, 25 years old, and Darius Slayton, 26 years old. Darius Slayton, he can rip the lid off. It's just he's inconsistent in terms of his hands, his routes, that kind of thing. But he's got that big play potential for sure, and he can serve a tactical purpose. And then Paris Campbell, um, I don't know. It seemed like we needed to write him off at certain times, and he'll come back and have – you know, a couple of good games. He can play in the slot. I mean, he ran, what, like 4-2-7 coming out of Ohio State. I don't know if he still has that kind of speed. He's had a lot of injuries. Um, but when he's been healthy, he's been a pretty good slot receiver. So those would be two guys young. I think they'll be somewhat affordable. And I'm not sure that we've seen them play their best football yet. Um, Yeah, for sure. I mean... Paris Campbell, I actually played in DFS a couple of times this past year during that stretch that Evan mm-hmm. was referring to. And then at the end of the year, I was fading him in best ball mm-hmm. and he was just thankfully fell off the face of the earth. So yeah, let's, he'll be very cheap. I'll say that for sure. Um, overpaid at wide receiver. My, mine is Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard is already 27 years old. And maybe Alan Lazard does some better like real life things that like, you know, people would say, oh, he's a good blocker, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, man. I just think Alan Zard has had massive opportunities for the Packers and shown he can be very little more than a role player. And I'm concerned that some team is going to try to peg Alan Lazard as some alpha type wide receiver. And I think that will go very, very badly. So Alan Zard is my candidate to get overpaid, not Christian Kirk levels of overpaid, but overpaid. Evan, who's your candidate to get overpaid at wide receiver? Well, just, you know, zooming out and looking at the uh, the free agent wide receiver class from like a context standpoint, uh, like I think a bunch of dudes could get overpaid uh, because teams need wide receivers and there aren't many good ones left or there aren't many good ones available in the draft or free agency. And there are like young dudes that like teams could talk themselves into. And I think one of them is McCole Hardman, who's 25 years old. You know, he's played on winning teams, which I don't think that that matters a lot. But again, teams are going to be wanting to talk themselves in it. And I think he's definitely going to leave Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, they've got Sky Moore and, you know, some. I don't think they're going to pay McCole Hardman. Um, so I think that he could get overpaid for sure. Agreed. And I, we didn't mention Juju during this segment here, but I do think the Chiefs are more likely to bring back Juju than McCole Hardman. I think McCole Hardman, and we should have a, start an award, the first annual Christian Kirk, how the F did he get so much money award, and this year's award could go to McCole Hardman. I don't think it's as crazy, maybe as other people do, or as Evan does, to think that McCole Hardman can take a leap outside of Kansas City, but we haven't seen anything 
so far to think that he can separate uh, or get open at the level he needs to. The Chiefs just need that so bad. You know, like Chiefs guys um, need to get open off the line of scrimmage. And so maybe he'll go to a system that fits him better. I don't think – I'm not writing off Nicole Hardman, I guess is what I'm trying to say, as still having a pretty good NFL impact. But I do agree with Evan. He's going to get paid in a big way, and people are going to be like, oh, my God, this is so, so, so much money for Nicole Hardman. Last one here, tight ends. Obviously, it's never a deep class because there's never enough good tight ends. My best and overpaid, actually, is Dalton Schultz. He's 26 years old. Obviously, fantasy players are well aware of what Dalton Schultz can do from a compiling perspective. You know, there's a lot of six or 54s, you know, and seven for 66 and a touchdowns in Dalton Schultz's range. And obviously that's very, very good for tight end in today's game. I think the Cowboys should be trying to get him back. He seems to have something really good going with Dak. We'll see what happens there, but I think it's going to be expensive. And so best Mm -hmm. and overpaid at tight end for me in this free agent class is Dalton Schultz. Evan, start with your best. I like that answer. Um, I had Dalton Schultz as the best as well. I think he summed it up pretty well. I think the Cowboys kind of need to keep him around. Like their their weapons cast is just – it's not that great right now. And this is a guy who has an obvious rapport with their quarterback, um, and he doesn't ever have to come off the field because he can block competently. So, yeah, I think that they're going to pay him, and I think that they probably should. And I also think he's the best tight end in the class. But, again, it's not – not that impressive of tight end class, though, either. Yep. Sleeper is a no-brainer for me. You guys should be able to get this one without even hearing what I'm going to say. Let me say. see if I can guess. Go ahead. Irv Smith? No, come on. Come on. Okay. Mike Jasicki, oh, one of the best athletes geez. at the position State, in, of course. in the entire NFL, showed an ability to really win, I think, as a receiver. He did not fit the Mike McDaniel system whatsoever like they did not even give him a chance he barely played for much of the year I thought when he did get out there though he was reasonable Mike Jasicki is still just 27 years old second contract obviously all these guys free agents will be getting second contracts but I think there's a chance for Mike Jasicki breakout in a place that actually wants to use him the problem of course is that coaches have to be okay with it understand Mike Jasicki is not going to block he's not going to be physical you're essentially acquiring an oversized wide receiver under the guise of tight end. And so I think if coaches acknowledge that he could be a sleeper here, I do not think he will be expensive. Any sleepers for you, Evan, at the tight end position? Well, I had Mike Jacecki as my overpaid. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, a lot of Kobe Fleener vibes. You, you know, you remember Kobe yeah, Fleener, I'm course. sure. Um, I, I think that what they clearly – I mean, whatever team acquires Mike you see, they you, and I think you alluded to it, is that they have to have a plan for him if they're going to maximize what he can do. And he can be a playmaking, receiving tight end, but, like, you know, the, he can't be on the field in, in running situations. So um, – or, you know, in situations where, you know, there's even, like, the threat of a run, of the run. I mean, this dude had a lot of goose eggs last year. They gave him the franchise tag. The Dolphins yeah. did. And they they didn't have a plan for him. They were just like, all right, he's a talented young player. You know, let's keep him around. But I think he's definitely going to walk. He's still he's still really young. Isn't he like 24? He's 27, I think. Okay, yeah, never mind. He's, he's not that young anymore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that he could get overpaid. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. My sleepers, I have two. I went with Irv Smith. Okay. I know he's disappointed the crap out of us, you know, like almost every year. Every year. 
you know, he's 24 though. Yeah. And That's insane. It's insane that he's only 24 years old. Yeah. Well, he came out, he wasn't even of a uh, legal drinking age when he yeah. came out of uh, Alabama. A lot of bad injury luck. Um, but I, I think that he could come relatively affordable. Uh, I, if I was him, I'd be wanting to go like the Evan Ingram route and like, give me a one year deal and I'll try to parlay that into something. I mean, I, He's he's flashed to us when, when he's been given up or when he's been healthy enough to have opportunities. Foster Moreau was the other one. I actually almost put him in overpaid because I think that he's a player that a team could talk themselves into paying a lot of money because he can theoretically be a three down tight end. Um, I also think he could be a sleeper to be, you know, a guy who catches 70 balls for 770 yards and and five touchdowns last year. And like we're talking about him in fantasy. Yep. Uh, by the way, we didn't mention Evan Ingram on here. Widely expected that Evan Ingram will get the franchise tag. That will be a one-year, $11.345 million deal for Evan Ingram. I mean, certainly a lot of money for a guy uh, who less than a year ago or roughly a year ago, people had just completely left for dead. And that's what Evan's alluding to with the Irv Smith deal. You come out, you play well. Next thing you know, you get $11.345 million guaranteed. How rich Evan Ingram. Congrats. Okay. That is going to do it for this little free agency preview here. We'll be back soon to recap all the fallout from actual free agency, which will be going down the week of March 13th. Be sure to subscribe anywhere podcasts are found and on the YouTube machine. Ton of free podcasts and content coming your way this offseason. For Evan, for producer Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.